story, these two stories of Noah and Lot at Sodom and Gomorrah, it's really about deliverance, how God delivered Noah and about how God delivered Lot and his two daughters. You know, and so, I, you know, I, I don't know why we do this, guys, but every time we tell this story about Noah, and when I even mention it right now, your, your mind is going to the two little animals, two by two, getting in the boat, you know, and, and we think about that song, Rise and shine, give God the glory, glory, rise and shine, give God the glory, glory. Remember that? And, it, you know, it says that the Lord said to Noah, there's going to be a floody, floody. And it'll, it'll really, it's what we think about. It's really what we think about. We see the, the beautiful little ark and the little animals there. What about the billions of people that died? I mean, you don't have any dead people. I mean, we got a, a wall up there that's about big as this back wall with Noah and all the animals. Hey, guess what? There's no dead people around there. There's no dead people there. There's no bodies floating in the water. And that's really what this story is about. I mean, it's like, you know, get real, get right with God. Because God is also, he's a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment too. And the entire world was wasted, destroyed because of sin and rebellion toward God. And when God looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, it was the same thing. It was like, man, there's only a handful of righteous people in this place. And the rest were destroyed. And so, you know, next time that you see that, I hope you remember it's not about the cute little animals going on two by two. There's going to be a floody, floody. All right. All right, so let me, let's go back to the Old Testament, and I want to I give you another. This is a beautiful example. Uh, Hezekiah, great man of God, one of the kings of Israel during the time of Isaiah. And, uh, you know, Hezekiah had talked about all the great things that he did when he became king, uh, that he tore down the idol temples. I mean, he destroyed everything that was against God and that he began to tore down the ungodly and begin to raise up the godly, restored the temple, you know, the kings or the priests and, the, and the, uh, all of the worshipers just to encourage them in their walk with God. And so, but here comes a time when, um, the king of Assyria is coming down against uh, uh, Israel and against Judah. And it says that uh, this king stood out and began to taunt them. And, I, you know, when I'm talking about this, I want you to just realize that when you're on track with God, that you have an enemy that's going to taunt you. He's going to make you begin to doubt God in your mind. He's going to, you know, send all kind of tormenting thoughts your way. And the Bible says that we need to lift up that shield of faith to ward off the, the fiery darts of the enemy. And remember what Satan said to God about Job? He says that you've placed a hedge of protection around Job that I can't even get through. He says, if you lower that hedge, if you let me penetrate that hedge, I'll get to him and he'll curse you to his face. Well, we know that Job didn't do that. With all of the loss that Job had in his life, he lost his, he lost his uh, livestock, he lost his wealth, he lost his family, and he got sick. And Job finally said, I think it's in Job chapter 13, that though he slay me, Though he slay me, I will put my trust in him. There's nothing that's going to move me from this rock. I don't care how bad things get. I am hanging on. I'm going to build my house on a firm foundation. And when the wind and the waves come against that house, I will stand because Christ is my foundation. Amen. Amen. So, so Sennacherib, this is the Assyrian general that comes up uh, against Judah. And he says, he's taunting the people. He even says, you know, 
Uh, I've got 2,000 horses here. If you've got 2,000 men that can ride them, bring them out. You know, and they didn't have that many men that were fighting men. But we know that the army that came against him was close to, uh, well, it was over 185,000. We'll see that in just a moment. So the, um, this Sennacherib is um, uh, yelling out to Judah. The, the, wa the wall is the only thing that has separated them. He says, do not listen to Hezekiah, for he's misleading you. When he says, the Lord will deliver us. See, Hezekiah knew. He knew the Lord. He knew the strength and the power of the Lord that God was able to deliver. Has any of the gods of any other nation ever delivered the, his land from the hand of the king of Assyria? And then we read on, it says, And when King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes, and he put on sackcloth, and he went into the temple of the Lord. And he sent um, Eliakim, uh, the palace administra administrator, to uh, Shebna, the secretary, leading priest, all wearing sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos. And they told him, this is what Hezekiah says. This day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace. It's when, as when the children come to the moment of birth and there is no strength to deliver them. And then Hezekiah continues to cry out. He says, give ear, O Lord. Here, open your eyes, Lord. Listen to the words of this, this man, Sennacherib. And I tell you, when the enemy comes against you, you can say the same thing. And you have the authority in the name of Jesus to resist and rebuke those words that Satan may bring against you. You just take authority. You stand firm. And in the name of Jesus, it's not in your power, not in your strength, but it's the name of Jesus. And it's the blood of Jesus that's our strength. And when we stand up and we're resisting the enemy, we're not resisting in our own strength because he's stronger than you, but he is not stronger than Jesus. And so, you know, uh, Hezekiah's crying out, give ear, O Lord, hear and open your eyes, Lord, and listen to what the words of Sennacherib that he sent, ridiculing the living God. And then uh, Hezekiah agrees. He agrees with Sennacherib. He says, it's true, Lord that the Assyrian kings have laid waste to these nations and to their lands. And they have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, talking about idols. For they were not gods, but only wood and stone, fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from the hand, for, from his hand, so that the kingdom, all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone, Lord, are God. And listen to what happens. See, I mean, Hezekiah is standing firm. He's believing God. And when you get to that hard place and the enemy surrounding you, you've got to stand firm. I mean, this is just you. Guys, I wish I could be there. I wish I could help you. I wish I could hold your hand. But there comes a time when every one of you are going to go out. You've got to go out and face the giant by yourself. No one else can go with you. I mean, it's going to be you and your faith. You're going to have to face the giant. And, and either he's going to kill you or you're going to kill him. And, and I'm hoping and I'm praying that it's you. I'm hoping it's you slinging the, the, the stone. I'm hoping that you that comes forth victorious. And so, listen, after he, uh, Hezekiah takes that stand, he cries out to God and says, God, I, look, let me read that verse again. Now, Lord God, deliver us. He's crying out, deliver us. That's what this message is about, God delivering you. He said, God, deliver us. And listen to how God responds. That night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death, listen, a hundred and 85,000 men, 185,000 warriors. He wiped out, God wiped out the entire enemy army that had come against Judah. I mean, because he listened to Hezekiah's prayer. I mean, you know, you think Hezekiah's prayer is greater than yours? 
It's not. It's not. I'm telling you, you had the same, you know, that's what James says. Elijah was a man just like us, just like us. He had the same passions, the same temptations that we have. It said, but he prayed that it wouldn't rain on the earth for three and a half years, and it didn't. God responded. And then when he prayed again, God responded and opened the heavens, and the rain came forth. So uh, the wipeout of 185,000 in the Assyrian camp, and when the people got up the next morning, there were dead bodies everywhere. And Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew, and he returned to Nineveh and stayed there. You know what it doesn't say? And I stopped short of this. It says that Sennacherib went into his pagan god's temple and he began to pray. And while he was there on his face before the Lord praying, his sons came in and killed him and destroyed him. And I want you to know that God is against those that are against you. You better hear that. Because I want to tell you guys that, I mean, someplace you're going to need deliverance. You're going to need it at work. You got an employee or an employer that it's just not working right. Or you got a health issue that, you know, you got a bad report. And, and it's just like fear is bombarding your heart and your mind. And it's like trying to take your mind off of God and God's power to deliver. I want to tell you that we serve a God that is able to deliver. I don't care what your situation is today. It could be health. It could be finances. It could be a marriage. You know, it could be relationships. It could be at the job. Anything. anything. Just, you know, wherever you need to be delivered, we got a God that can meet you there and bring deliverance on. Amen? Amen. Amen. He is worthy of our praise. All right, let me just read a couple. I'm going to just give you a couple examples because I know you didn't believe what I already read. So I got I to prove my case to you, okay? I'm going to prove my case to you. So we pick this up in Acts chapter 7. This is probably about, I don't know, 1,000, 12, 1,500 years since the children of Israel have been delivered. And yet Stephen, the first martyr, is still talking about it. He says that in Acts chapter 7, going back uh, again over 1,000 years, and he's talking about what happened with Moses and what God did. And he says that God said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their groanings and I've come down to deliver them. God heard their cry, the entire nation in captivity. And God heard their, their mourning and their crying. And God said, you know what, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. I'm going to send Moses. And then in Psalm 71, it says, For he will deliver the needy when he cries, and the poor also, and him who has no helper, those that are all by themselves. Remember what I said, it's just you and God and your faith. And then in Psalm 39, it says, Deliver me from all of my transgressions. Does sin have you bound today? Are you in bondage of some kind of sin today? It could be pornography. It could be your sexual orientation. It could be, you know, anger. It could be, you know, uh, lying or stealing or cheating. Are you in the, in, in the clutches? Are you in the grip of sin today? The Word of God says, deliver me from all of my transgressions. Deliver me from all of my sin. God will. You pray that prayer, I promise you that God, He's just waiting. Waiting for you to pray the prayer. Because I'm telling you, you know, when uh, back to Stephen and that story, remember the Bible says that the Son of Man will sit at the right hand of the Father? And he's going to sit there until his enemies are made his footstool. Anybody remember that scripture? Okay, some of you do. Good. Good Bible students. But, but Stephen says, see, see, God said, my son is going to sit right here at my right hand until I make his enemies his footstool. But Stephen says... When he's being stoned, he says, I looked up to heaven, and I saw the Son of Man standing. I saw the Son of Man standing. 
You know what? I, I believe Jesus was standing, and I think that if Stephen would have said, Lord, do it, I think God would have come down in a moment, in a moment. But I believe that Peter, like Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I, I believe that, that Stephen just said, Lord, you know what? I've been here long enough. I'm ready to be with you. I'm ready to be with you. But I believe when he saw the Son of Man standing, he was, Jesus was just waiting for, for Stephen to say the word. Come on, come on, Jesus. Come on, sweet Jesus. You see what they're doing to me? You see how they're treating me? You see what they're doing to your word? You see what they're, how, how these people that are called by your name are acting toward me? Do something, Jesus. And I believe that Jesus would have jumped all over it. Amen? Amen? Okay, let's keep going. I got a couple more for you. I know I'm, I'm going to build your faith with the Word of God because I, I want you to get this deliverance thing in your mind. Deliver me from my enemies. Who's your enemy? Well, we know we have one. The Bible says that Satan, like a roaring lion, he's our enemy. That he's going around seeking whom he may devour. It says, deliver me from my enemies, O God. Defend me from those that rise up against me. You have somebody that's rising up against you. God's waiting to deliver you. All he's waiting for is for you to say the word, deliver me. And the king spoke to Daniel. This is a great one right here. Remember that when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because of his faith, that he wouldn't stop pr uh, praying. It, you know, they, they uh, had the order of the... Uh, uh, I think it was the Medes and the Persians had this law that, you know, once the king put it in writing, it couldn't be broken. And so Daniel con continued to pray. Three times a day, met with God and prayed with God. And those that were his enemies that were jealous and envious of him told the king. And the king had to throw him into the lion's den. And then the king comes the next morning and the king shouts out. And the king spoke saying, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you? Yes, yes. Daniel said yes. He was able. He came last night. He shut the mouth of the lion. The lion did me no harm because my God, whom I continually serve, is able to deliver me. And I want you to know that he's able to deliver you as well. And then we read in Galatians, or excuse me, in Matthew, uh, in the Lord's Prayer. It's right there in the Lord's Prayer. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. All right, you getting it? I got a couple of more. I know that some of you are just like, all right, give me one more and I'll believe. Okay, Galatians chapter, chapter 1, verse 4. It says, who God, or who gave himself, speaking about Jesus, for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God the Father. All right, I hope it's sinking in. Because I want you to hear this, and I want you to hear this really closely. You know that many times when we get in a tight spot, we try to figure it out ourselves. But I want you to know that um, Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 53 that my ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, we can try to figure this out, guys. We can try to come up with a plan. You know, we can try to be like, you know, Jacob coming up with a plan. We can try to come, be like Abraham who came up with a plan that God had promised him a son. Oh, yeah, okay, you go to my, my wife's uh, maid. That's the way we're going to do it. That's the way we're going to get it. No, it says that God has a way. Now, listen to this. This is from one of my favorite Bible verses uh, from Psalm 77. And so the picture here is that the children of Israel are up against the sea, and the sea is a barrier, and Pharaoh's army is coming after them, 
And listen to what, you know, uh, is written here. It says that you, God, your road led by a pathway through the sea, a pathway that no one knew was there. No one knew was there. See, God saw it all along. And when he parted the sea, he said, this is the pathway that you're going to go on. This is the pathway that you'll take to get to the other side. And, and so God's saying that, you know, you might, you know, I'm sure that Moses and the children of Israel had a thousand ways of how they could get out of this mess. You know, uh, let's go this way. Let's scale the mountain. Let's go back. Let's fight against Pharaoh. We're bigger and stronger than they are. You know, maybe we can do it that way. But God said, you know what? You never even saw it. You never even knew it was there. God's saying, I got a pathway that led through the sea that no one knew was there. And you led your people, Israel, along that, along that road like a little flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherd. I want to tell you that God's, if you're, in a, if you're in a crunch right now, if it's crunch time for you right now, I want to tell you that God has a pathway for you. And you don't even see it. You haven't even seen it. You've tried to think about a million ways. Just go back to God. Okay, go back to God. God's saying, I've got something that you haven't even thought of yet. You're in a financial pinch. You haven't even thought of this yet. You, you got a you know, problem with your boss at work. You haven't even thought of this yet. God's saying, I've got a pathway that will get you through and get you safely to the other side. And you know what real deliverance is? When they did get to the other side, uh, the children of Israel, this is beautiful, a beautiful picture. They've all passed to the other side. They're all sitting on the other side of the Red Sea. Every one of the children of Israel. Okay, here comes Pharaoh and his army. I mean, they're coming into the, you know, their horses and their chariots are coming through the parted sea. And then all of a sudden, the sea closes. And God says to the children of Israel, that enemy that was pursuing you will never, ever pursue you again. And that is what real deliverance is. You know, when you have a bondage, when you're stuck in some kind of sin, and God gives you the freedom over drugs or alcohol or pornography or any of those sins, your anger, your bitterness, your unforgiveness, when God gives you victory over that, it's like it, it's, it's never there. It's never a temptation again in your life. You never even desire to go back there again. And that's what real deliverance is. Amen.